Rent control is a terrible idea, but the provincial government is probably going to do it anyways. Should you as a condo investor be worried? Find out on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi there, and welcome back to the show. Thanks for listening. On today's show, I want to talk about rent control. It's a very hot topic in the news right now. Uh, I've got a lot of strong feelings on it. I will try to keep my ranting to a minimum, but I apologize in advance if I start to go off course. It is a subject that has got me fired up. And uh, I, uh, yeah, I just can't believe what I'm hearing in the media and the headlines this week about rent control. So just to catch you up to speed, if you haven't heard already, the the uh, the provincial government is is one of the things that they're mulling over as they get ready for their budget coming up uh, soon is uh, new rules around rent control and uh, instituting, um, as of right now, there is no rent control on basically any condo in Toronto, most condos, anything built after 1991 is not subject to rent control. Anything built before that is subject to rent control, which is essentially uh, you can only raise your rent once a year at the rate of inflation, which is around 1.5% right now. If you're built after 1991, which most condos are, and certainly any condo that we are talking about investing in here at True Condos is obviously brand new and built uh, today or tomorrow, and therefore it has not been subject to rent control. So if rental rates are increasing at a fast uh, rate, more than inflation, which often they are, then you are able to, as a landlord, increase your rents um, at, by any amount you wish. And this is one of the uh, amazing tools and amazing reasons why we uh, like to invest in condos. So provincial government, Kathleen Wynne is coming along and basically saying, we have a housing affordability crisis and we need to do something, some things about it. And one of the things they're looking at is introducing rent control. Um, exactly how it, it's going to shake out. I mean, most likely it sounds like they're going to do something with regards to rent control, how it's going to shake out exactly. We don't know. Um, but uh, so we can't speculate on that, but there probably is going to be something. So, you know, brace yourself for that. Uh, there's going to be something, uh, how it plays out exactly, we don't know. Um, Benjamin Tal of CIBC, who's been interviewed on this podcast before, he put out a great note, uh, bulletin, article, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's a chief economist of CIBC. This guy really knows his stuff. He's brilliant on housing, excellent. Uh, economist and just a great guy, great speaker, um, very funny guy. If you ever get a chance to listen to him, uh, but he um, he put out this great article, and we'll reference it a bit here. But he's basically his headline is "Rent Controls the Wrong Medicine." We don't. This is a bad idea for our market, and if you're trying to improve housing affordability, this is going to have the exact opposite effect of what you think it will. Um, it seems to me, I mean, first of all, that we have very short memories when it comes to this stuff. We No one seems to be going back 
in time uh, to when rent controls were introduced in the first place back in the early 90s. And, and we need to ask ourselves why, or why do we have, uh, you know, why do we have a lack of rent controls on condos and anything built after 1991? What is the reason for that? Um, why did the provincial, uh, leg- you know, the provincial government in 1991, which by the way was an NDP government, an NDP government, a left-wing government, was the one that uh, put the that removed the rent controls in the first place in the early 90s, and they did it because. As again, at the time, there was a housing crisis. Um, uh, rents were were, uh, or there was just no supply of um, uh, of new rental product coming online after years and years of rent control, which was introduced in the nineteen seventies, in the early seventies. So, um, when you have a housing crisis. Uh, rent control is, is, is really the opposite, basically, is what Benjamin Tal is saying of what you want to do. He quotes a couple of great, I had a couple of great, great quotes here from other economists. Left-leading Swedish economist, Asar Lindbeck, says, in many cases, rent control appears to be the most efficient technique presently known to destroy a city, except for bombing. Okay, the next one from Milton Friedman. Uh, who he says is the ultimate free market, uh, you know, sort of right-wing economist, says the introduction of rent control is politically feasible only in areas with no recent experience because only an electorate uninformed of its consequences will support it. I think that's really the key quote for me. Um, Only an electorate uninformed of its consequences will support it. So the problem is that Nobody is around really much anymore uh, or certainly does not have a, a loud voice in the discourse out there in the marketplace who was around in 1991 uh, when the rent controls were, were removed in the first place. Um, and I'm certainly not pretending to, to have been there myself. I was obviously just a kid um, in 1991 when this was the case. But it seems to me that the electorate and most people renting today and, and anybody who's supporting this idea of bringing in rent control, I mean, I'll admit on the surface, it seems like rent control is a good idea. It seems like uh, you would want to restrict rents from going up uh, too quickly on people. That certainly makes sense. You'd want to have some kind of restraint on uh, landlords' ability to increase rents. On paper, it makes sense. But again, go back and look at our history, study the past, and you'll see the, the, there are clear and um, very uh, convincing arguments uh, as to why this rent control was removed in the first place. Um, some of my thoughts, I mean, I think the scariest part about this whole thing is that what started this whole interest in rent controls was a couple of news articles in the mainstream media um the cbc i've i've written about it and ranted about it on podcasts in the past few weeks and months um the cbc and and others uh, have have done articles about uh one or two or three tenants in the city who's who have received notices that their rental rates are going to be increasing by some large number the one this week was a hundred percent 
Somebody's rent is being increased in Queen West by 100% from $1,650 a month to $3,300 a month. And so that's the headline. That's what people see, rents increasing by 100%. And unfortunately, people just take that at, at, at surface value and they think that that's actually what's happening in the marketplace. But of course, in reality, nobody's rent is increasing by 100%. No landlord is going to get $3,300 a month for a one-bedroom unit. It's simply a case of a um, a clumsy, you could say a clumsy landlord who um, wants to get rid of a tenant, and the only way that they can seemingly think of to do that is to jack their rent up by 100%. Uh, you know, if they had have just done it by, you know, maybe $200 instead of $1,600, probably would have had the same effect and certainly would have not made any headlines. Uh, it's not very interesting to say, uh, you know, rental rate went up 12%, but that probably would have had the exact same effect of removing that tenant. No media story, uh, no hullabaloo or whatever you want to call it. And nobody cares and life goes on. But, um, you know, that that's what happened. The tenant brings us to the media. The media says, wow, this is a great headline. This is going to get a lot of clicks. Let's put it out there. Um, and that's exactly what they, uh, they did. And now we have the pr premier of the province basically talking about implementing new policy, which will affect the, one of the largest sectors of our economy. Um, one of the most important sectors of our national economy, let alone a provincial economy, which is the GTA real estate market. And they're talking about implementing new policies based on basically just a, a headline that is that is a lie. And the, the lie is that rents are going up 100%. Rents are not going up 100%. Rents are maybe going up 10% a year right now. We'll see what the new numbers come out uh, next week from Urban Nation. Um, but if you look at how rents have been going up over the past, say five years, it's been around three, four, 5%, you know, some, some, some quarters it's one or 2%, but that's about it. Uh, let's say an average of three or 4% over the last five years, we've had one quarter of double digit, you know, nine, 10% rental increases one. We've had one quarter out of the last, say five or six years. Of uh, 10% rental increases, and suddenly we have a rental crisis. We have a housing affordability crisis in our entire province because of this. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous uh, that we're at this point where, again, it's the power of the media. It's interesting to see how these things play out. Might create a cynic out of me, but. Uh, we got we got one or two headlines, and that all of a sudden we change the the course of the a major part of our economy and in in our most populous province because of it. Um, it's scary, but it is the reality of of the world that we live in uh, today. So it's it, like I said, it's going to happen. Um, we don't know exactly how it's going to be implemented, but it's it's looking very likely that something's going to come down the pipe in in the budget. Um, in the form of new legislation or, or whatever. So we as investors, uh, how do we prepare for this? How do we respond to this? I mean, the question of should we be, we be worried? Should we be worried about this as condo investors? 
Um, no, I'm not worried about it. I mean, I'm worried about the society and, and government as a whole that we were creating policy, like I said, based on a couple of headlines that are just completely misleading. But should we be worried as conduit investors and should we be running for the hills and, and is nobody, you know, should we not buy our condo is going to be a terrible investment or something? Not at all. Um, you know, anytime artificial restraints are, are introduced to a market, I mean, money's kind of like water. It just flows through uh, and over and around anything. Um, and in a free market at the end of the day, everything, everything evens out and there's always an equilibrium. So, I mean, if, if rental rates go down, then the, um, asset prices go up. I mean, and vice versa. It's just the way that it goes in a free market. So if, if somehow this, if rental controls, we don't know again, how it's going to play out or what effect it will have, but if there's some negative impact of rent, rent controls on the market in one area, there will be a spinoff and there will be a positive impact on another area. Most simply that if, like I said, if somehow rents are restricted, the income of, of the asset is restricted, then the value of the asset will go up. And that's, that just tends to be how it is. So that's the beauty of real estate. That's the beauty of investing in a cash flow producing asset like real estate. Um, that, uh, you know, you, you, you always are going to win. If you own the asset, you always are going to win no matter what happens over the long term. If you own the asset, you're always going to come out on top. So it's nothing to be uh, fearful of. It, there, it's change. You know, things will be different. We might have to approach things differently. We might have to change our strategies of what types of unit we buy, what neighborhoods we buy in, um, you know, how we go about renting out our units, the type of tenants that we put in our units, uh, when we buy, when we sell. There might be some changes in strategies that, that come in or it could be nothing. This could be all depending on how it's it's actually implemented, like I said. But at the end of the day, if you own that asset, you're always going to win. Um, yeah, so that's that, that's uh, some thoughts there for me to to uh, to begin things here. What else? Um, just look at my notes. We we don't have a just to emphasize, we don't have a rent uh, housing affordability crisis or renting affordability crisis. It's completely untrue. Um, yes, rental rates are rising, you know, like put it this way, rental rates are rising, you know, every quarter for the past five, six years at, you know, let's say 3%. Uh, we've had one quarter of 10%. Um, when you look at the, the price of low rise housing, it's been rising at, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 or 30% for like 10 years, um, straight. So how does, you know, one quarter of of, of decent, unusually high rental rate increases compared to 10 years of low-rise housing price increases. I mean, if, if, if there's any part of the market that is in crisis, certainly it is the low-rise housing market, resale uh, market for purchase, and is certainly not the rental market. That, uh, you know, it's, it's ridiculous that we've had one hot quarter and suddenly the whole world is falling apart and look out we need we need rent control meanwhile 10 years of rapid price growth and the government has just sat there and basically done little or nothing um so you know that's it is what it is um 
what else uh what else here is as, as i um as i look at my notes i think i've covered a lot of it i mean again uh one of the things i'm starting to study and look at on my own to understand and prepare for rent control is what happens in other what has happened in other cities with rent control um and it's very easy to look that up and google it and look at how rent control devastates um housing affordability and and economies uh you know housing um markets housing markets and artificially distorts them around the world uh stockholm is is a is a great example where the average wait time is something like nine years for an apartment in stockholm um many buildings and many you know in the core of the city you're looking at up to 20 year waiting lists for buildings um it freezes people nobody moves it's completely unfair um both to tenants and landlords people end up you know people who don't need to benefit from it end up benefiting and people who need would uh would should benefit from rent control end up not benefiting from it um key money key money is a term that you know again if you're not if you're under the age of 40 you probably never even heard of that term key money but key money was a very common thing back in toronto in in this in the you know in the 70s 80s uh in, in the 90s where uh, well, up until the rent control was removed, um, where basically tenants who were locked into these uh, rent-controlled units would, you know, you basically have a black market for rentals where you'd rent, you'd you have this unit locked down. It's almost like season tickets to the lease, and you're selling that lease to somebody else for you know thousands of dollars for maybe a year or two, and then uh, and then you go from there. Or people paying off landlords to um, allow them to live in the unit as opposed to somebody else because um, they know that they're in the rent controlled environment um, illegal subletting and all this stuff it's uh, it just creates a major tension and and uh, adversarial uh, you know nature in the in the market um, and ultimately you know rent control at the end of the day it's like you put up a big sign over the entire city and you're basically telling people go away like you look at stockholm and 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 you know to some extent new york city and other places that are have major rent control um issues like this it's it's like you're basically saying you know you want to come here good luck forget it uh don't even bother 20 year waiting list you know go somewhere else like we are not open for business we are not open for growth we're not open to change we are a stagnant city that uh you know where nobody moves um and you've got these wealthy people making you know a hundred thousand dollars a year and they're paying a thousand dollars a month in rent because you know their grandmother got that apartment back in the 70s and and what you know whatever uh whatever you might what have you so um yeah i i think that's uh that's that's enough for now next week i'm going to hopefully interview um sean hildebrand from urban nation and sean's got some great thoughts and insights on this and he uh as it works as a consultant with a lot of purpose-built uh rental uh developers as well so he's he's got some uh different take on things as well so love to get his insights on it for you too so stay tuned for that and definitely, definitely, definitely check out Benjamin Tal's um, article, which I will include a link to in the show notes for this episode and read that. Great read. Um, 
truecondos.com slash podcast, of course, to find all the show notes for this episode. This is episode 139, and uh, I'll include a link there to Benjamin Tal's article and others uh, for you there. So until next time, I hope you have a great week, and I hope you found this podcast useful. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.